Welcome back to the Randomonium Podcast. I'm John Stomp. I'm Danny Gula. I'm Jeff McCullough. And it has been a couple months. It's been a while. Been a minute. It's, uh, w- okay, so we said this before in the last podcast, but we're going to say it again. It seems like we're not doing anything. It seems like we're on vacation. But we're not. We are on the opposite of vacation, whatever that is. Like, I'm so sleepy all the time. We're doing things. We're working hard behind the scenes. You guys don't even necessarily know. Well, you, you definitely don't know because we're only leaving little hints about what's going on. We're working on, we're, we're tentatively calling it Randomonium 2.0. That's not That's not, That's not. not really what's happening. It's really kind of 3.0. Either way, we'll, we'll just say it's a relaunch. We're relaunching everything. We're, we're, we're just totally wiping the slate clean yeah. with, with the podcast. Actually, the podcast is kind of staying the same, but the, yeah. the YouTube channel yeah. is going to be kind of a whole new thing. The restaurant. There's a restaurant? Well, I hope so. <laughs> the Randomonium Restaurant? We should probably yeah. have a meeting after this. We, we should probably that. talk about We're what? not on the same page. Well, Danny, we're, it's, you have a lot of ideas. <laughs> so it's we're, we're working hard, but we're all working on different things. Apparently, Danny's <laughs> making a restaurant. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be working on a restaurant. <laughs> Okay, so we got a lot of fun stuff in the works. We can't even talk about when it's happening yet. I think last time we said fall, yeah, the, the autumn time mm-hmm. of, of this year, which still may happen, but it, it, it's it's happening. We're working on it. We're, we're working on it. Hang in there. Yeah. yeah, follow us on social media. You'll get updates uh, as soon as we can provide them. Yeah, speaking of social media, yes, uh, I want to stop right now and just tell everybody thank you to our cool new sponsor. Well, mm-hmm. not new sponsor. They've sponsored us a couple times, Nerf. Uh, and the reason I mentioned social media is because they've been an awesome uh, sponsor of us. They've sent us tons of uh, awesome Nerf gear, uh, blasters, and swag, and all kinds of things that my son has gone so crazy for. So can you for. define us? Like you said, uh, they've sent yeah. us. I've yeah. sent yeah. us. And by us, I mean the royal us. Mm. The royal us. I mean, my son has a pile of Nerf blasters in his closet. Oh. That okay, takes so wait. literally half his closet. How he has many? the biggest closet in the house, and half of it is Nerf guns now. Let's just go over real quick, recap. How many kids you have, Danny? Two. Yeah, two. And then how many kids you have, Jeff? Well, I, I have four the last time I checked. The last time I checked, I've got four, too. Okay. Four, yeah. So why are you getting all the Nerf guns, Danny? They came to my house. I don't okay. know. It was weird. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Anyways, I'll share. Yeah, really? you better share. Yeah. I'll share. Yeah, I, I would love to get too many. part of that Nerf nation. <laughs> got way too many. I didn't know your sons were old enough to, to use a Nerf blaster yet, Well, John. maybe <laughs> they will be maybe someday. Maybe I just want to blast my sons when they're being out <laughs> I alive. have an eight-year-old. <laughs> I have a yours is way on board. you. Come over and get some. Okay. I yeah. love James will share. Invite me over, Danny. He's cool. got some for girls, too. Um, but they... <laughs> That's true. But yeah, so Nerf has been awesome. Uh, let, let us be a part of Nerf Nation. And if you guys want to see some cool photos of all the awesome stuff they sent us and the cool things that Nerf has in store for the fall, uh, fo- check out me on Instagram at Danny Gula, and I'll be posting some uh, photos and my stories of, of all the cool stuff that they've sent my son. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you, Nerf. Yeah. Let's tell people about this podcast and how it works. Absolutely. So the Randomonium Podcast, which actually might have a new name. We might we might rename the baby. I think we probably we'll should workshop yeah. it. We're, we're, we haven't landed on a new name yet, but just you know, stay tuned. It's, it's not called the restaurant. It's not called. <laughs> no, the it is not called that. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm really I'm really, really into this I, restaurant. I need to talk to you guys more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The way this podcast works is there's the past, the present, and the future. Those are three different segments on each episode. Yeah. There's three of us. Which is perfect. One of us brings the past topic. Today it's me. Danny's got that. Today Jeff's got the present topic and I've got the future topic. Now, the cool thing about this podcast and each episode is that the topic brought for each time period is a surprise to the rest of us. 
that's the old twisteroo. Yeah. So Wonderful. nobody knows what's going on. Can I just say that's probably the topic. best you have ever explained this podcast? I always have a I have a problem explaining <laughs> the the way this podcast works. You are on it tonight. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, most people don't know how many takes this has taken so far to get this far. We've been here for seven hours. I'm glad we finally got it, guys. <laughs> we nailed it. Nailed it. First try. <laughs> seven times in. That I think that means that like this is going to be a good podcast. There's good things in store, and I think we should dive into it. I'm excited. Absolutely. Let's let's rewind it back to the past. Let's go. So into the past, guys. Mm. Um, I so, remember. Mm. You remember the past. I remember the past. Like five seconds ago, technically it was a past. So mm-hmm. um, we could be taking some liberties. I just, I wanted to take a moment because you guys know me and my fondness of our current U.S. president. Oh yes. And by fondness, I'm thinking there's a there's a wee bit of sarcasm in that word. Yeah, we don't need to go into details of it. But let's just say, I think it's safe to say this has been one of the crazier presidencies we've seen. Uh, there are a lot of crazy presidential facts mm. from just about every single president. Tell me about it. Now, so, if you're bringing presidential facts, this is this is a challenge for me. Like, that's what this is. You're dropping the gauntlet because I know a lot about some presidents. So I've got some questions here. I know. And you guys are going to have to decide. You guys are going to have to answer these. Some of them will be like, which president did this? Or it might be specific. What about this president? So I've got some questions for you guys. Most of it's which president. You know know history. You know U.S. history. I know U.S. history pretty well. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm not nearly as up on it as you are. Well, I'm just trying to figure out how competitive I should be right now. Okay. I'm I'm probably uh, I got about maybe half the knowledge you have. Okay, yep. so I can't like threaten to destroy you. You can. Well, okay, could, I, that, I feel bad though. That's like playing dodgeball with a first grader. Maybe I'm maybe I'm hustling you right which now. Which one? Right? You, which <laughs> one of you, you wants are. to keep score? Well, you're the host. Of well, the I know, but I'm gonna, I mean, I got so many things going on here right now. I can't keep score, so okay. I'm gonna right, trust right, one of you to do. I'll keep score. Sure. John, keep score. All right. Um, we'll start here. Which president was so afraid of being electrocuted that he wouldn't turn off the lights? To the extent that he wouldn't touch a single light switch and would sleep with the lights on. Um, um, I'm going to say Calvin Coolidge. I'm going to say uh, Harding or Taft. I'm going to say Taft. Okay. It was Benjamin Harrison. Okay. Well, was, that would have been right around the time they installed electricity. I was going to say, he, yeah. yeah. it was early on, and he was really nervous. He was just yeah. like, I'm going to get electrocuted if I touch these switches. Yeah. Well, he was also known as being a very stiff, like... You know, it, not fun guy. Yeah, have you ever seen his pictures? No, he looks I like mean, a, yes, he looks like a bearded snapping turtle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of makes sense, <laughs> dude. He's dead. What if the Harrison family's turtle. listening to this? Just Did about you him. know? See, I'm totally gonna hijack this. <laughs> Benjamin Harrison is actually the grandson of William Henry Harrison, Did know who that. was president for only one month because he uh, got pneumonia during his inaugural speech and died. That was yeah, dude. that was that was going to be one of the facts, but I think everybody kind of know, knows yeah, that that's one. True. That's a pretty. Uh, popular one got um, it i was trying to sound smart got i it, bet dude. electricity was pretty like uh, unsafe back then I, yeah. I would be afraid of it too sure i don't yeah. blame him so you were you were knocking him a lot um yeah. but uh some presidents are mocked so much that the actual official white house website mocks them so my question for you guys hmm. is which president is described on the white house website as an uninspiring man <laughs> um Man, His, historians have very little to say about this president. Mm. An uninspiring okay. man. It's gonna be an old one. All right, I got my person. Okay, John, I got my person. Okay, let's hear it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, uh, Monroe. Okay. Mm, that's a good one. You guys listening to this won't be able to see this right now, but I'm about to flash you a little Seinfeld reference. Mm, you think it's Martin Van Buren? Van Buren. 
Okay. Uh, it is neither of the guys. It was Millard Fillmore. Uh, okay. Millard Fillmore is th- 13th president from Buffalo, New York. Wow. Okay. I'm going to get destroyed in this game. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, which president married his adopted daughter? Oh. Oh. Uh, I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with John Tyler. Sounds like a Franklin Pierce move to me. Okay. <laughs> I've never even thought about Franklin Pierce in my life. <laughs> really? Not at all. That's like my 14th president. I did all this I research all and time. I don't even think I heard about Franklin Pierce. <laughs> I think about uh, no. Who else thought about him all the so time was his adopted daughter. <laughs> oh, man, no, it was, my, it was one, of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite Muppets. Grover Cleveland. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, his adopt oh. he, he he was a legal guardian. I did know this of his uh, law partner's daughter. His law partner died, and he became the legal guardian of his daughter. She was age ten, or she was oh. age eleven. Oh. And then ten years later, he married her at age twenty-one, making her okay. the youngest first lady in history. She was eleven. She was eleven when he ado- when he became her legal right. guardian. He didn't marry her until she was twenty-one. But that's still creepy. That's a creep man. show. Oh yeah, yeah it's a super creep show. Um. Let's see. Uh, who was the only bachelor president? That would have been Buchanan. John? I mean, it sounds like he's confident enough to just have that one in the bag. You mean our 15th president, James Buchanan? Which I just knew off the top of my head. <laughs> well, not right from... before Lincoln, so of course he's a 15th. Come on, John. He's right before Lincoln. We all know that. Bachelor? Uh, Andrew Johnson doesn't look like such a stud. I'm going to say he was a he was a batch. Uh, point to Jeff. It was James Buchanan. Yeah, I knew I was uh, losing that one. He was also possibly the first gay president, too. There are rumors, um, but there's no way to, there's, to verify that. Uh, he lived with the same man for 10 years. Hmm. Um, never took a wife, uh, and Andrew Jackson called uh, uh, James Buchanan and his roommate Miss Nancy and Aunt Fancy mm-hmm. because Andrew Jackson was a human piece of garbage. He was mean. Um, he was a mean man. So, you know, who knows? At that time, you wouldn't have come out. No. So, I don't um, think he would have won presidency. <laughs> no, yeah. he would not have won the presidency, but yeah. rumors were a flying. Uh, what were George Washington's false teeth made out of? Would, I mean that's the, that's the obvious answer. But I'm thinking this is a trick question. Well, a lot of people say ivory, like elephant tusk, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure they were made out of wood. In fact, ah. he, had, he had multiple sets. No, you know what? I think this is a trick question. I think he didn't actually have. I think they were like, weren't they like just, like bone? Like they were like dentures? Like weren't they real like real teeth? Someone else's teeth? Something weird like that? I'll give this one to John. Yes. Oh. Not the whole answer. Um, they were made out of ivory. Human teeth. Yes. Mm. Slaves traditionally oh, would. That's pull, what it was. Would pull. They would pull slaves' teeth and make dentures out of them. Um, they were also con, uh, consisted of lead, brass screws, and wire. The wood teeth thing comes from he had a very fond uh, love of red wine, which stained the fractures on the false teeth, oh. giving them a wood-like appearance. Interesting. I like that. Fact. Yeah. I'm gonna tuck that away. Who was the smallest president? You're talking height. I got it. Everything. <laughs> I got it. Peace. All right. Let's, let's go, John first. I always felt like Harry S. Truman was a small dude. He's a small-looking dude. He's from Independence, Missouri, by the way. Um, I'm <laughs> you know gonna so much about presidents. I'm gonna go with uh, Madison. It was James Madison. There you go. He was five foot four and one hundred pounds. Yeah. What? One hundred pounds. That's a he small was, man. He was slight. Five four and one hundred pounds. He, that's like Tom Cruise slight. Pretty sure my one-year-old is that big. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big boy. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, <laughs> that's awesome. Um. You, I think you guys should both get this because this is one of my favorite presidential facts. I'll give you each an easy Can I plan. guess your question? Sure. Which president is orange? <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is a fun one. 
because <clears throat> we do have a very uh the last election, 2016, was pretty heated, and people had some pretty harsh things to say about our current president and what it would be like if he became president. Um, in one presidential election, uh, the winning president's opponent said that if he won, America would turn into a place of, quote, murder, robbery, rape, adultery, and incest. They will be openly taught and practiced. The air will be rent with the cries of the distressed. The soil will be soaked with the blood uh, with blood and the nation black with crimes. So which president's America does this describe? Well, I, I, um, this is one thing that I, it's a, it's like a, a pet peeve I have about the current complaint about the political climate, mm -hmm. how like it's so polarizing and people are so mean. And oh, it's been polarizing. It's been nasty since day one. So, uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson were like best friends prior to both of them being presidents. And they had one of the nastiest, um, they used to be elections. friends, yeah. They used to be and then buds. after, uh, they didn't speak all through uh, Jefferson's presidency mm -hmm. because of the fallout. But then they ended up being best friends afterward. They actually yeah. died on the same day. They did. Wow. On July 4th. Many Several founding fathers died on July 4th. Interesting. Um, but it was like not only the same day, it was the same year. Same day, same year. Yeah. They, um, uh, so I was, I was leaning toward uh, Jefferson and Adams. Um, but man, you know... Andrew Jackson, he was yeah. nasty, and he said some pretty <laughs> he crummy was a horrible person about John Quincy Adams. Um, so <laughs> Adams, yeah, yeah, those Adams guys—they didn't fare too well. So I'm gonna go with Jackson saying it about Adams, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jefferson saying it about the elder Adams. Okay, John, what do you think? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I just want to say Andrew Jackson. Okay, uh, it was. Thomas Jefferson, and it was said by John Adams. Okay, so do uh, I get points for that? Uh, Come on, no, because I'm... you got it. You 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 locked in at the wrong thing. You were, yeah, you but... knew you actually took my like. Oh, and they both actually died on the same. Like that was like my like follow up. So give me fact. points for that then. Um, fine, I'll give you a point for that. I insist. Jeff. They on died on the same day, July fourth, eighteen twenty six. Um. All right. Who was the first president born in the United States of America? Oh, that's a good question. The first president born in the United States of America, as opposed to the colonies. Um, There's that's your that's your trivia. You, you you locked onto my trivia. Because lots of people were born here, that the founding fathers were. But you know, yeah. Zachary Taylor. It's not a bad guess, man. There's like a few I want to choose from. Pierce, mm, Martin Van Buren, mm. old eight, old really number eight. Martin Van Buren is credited as the first one born. As in this nation, yes. Okay. All right. This, this is this is this is an excellent <laughs> bit of trivia. <clears throat> Which president was arrested for running and running over an old lady with his horse? Which pre <laughs> prior to his presidency, probably? I'm not sure when. Was, was he drinking and riding? <laughs> the assumption is he was drunk. He was. That's 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 your hint. He's a president known for being a drunk. Hmm. Uh, I got it. I got an answer. Uh, I I don't want to give it away. I want to give John a, an It's a classic Teddy Roosevelt move. <laughs> I, I think it could be a U.S. Grant move. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant? Uh-huh. It was Franklin Pierce. I just said Pierce for the last I one. I know. The, the assumption is he was probably drunk. Uh, and here's a little tidbit of trivia about him is upon receiving the... Uh, Upon, upon not receiving the nomination for re-election from his own party, they just did not like him. Oh, he got <laughs> he quoted, he was quoted as saying, "There's <laughs> nothing left to do but get drunk." Um, which president's father wrote him a recommendation letter to Harvard that said he was a he was careless and lax application? His own father wrote this about him. Hmm. Jimmy Carter. 
Jimmy Crackhorn. John F. Kennedy. It's John F. Kennedy, who wow. also received, along with all of his siblings, got the same gift on their 21st birthday, $1 million. Oh my gosh. Whoa. His dad had a lot of money. George H.W. Bush inspired a Japanese word. I'm going to try to pronounce this, but I'm probably going to butcher it. Bushusuru, which means do the bush thing. I oh. So the question is, is what is the bush thing? I know. Um, I think it's to pass out and vomit at dinner. Because <laughs> he did that when he was in Japan. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. There's pictures of him, like, <laughs> slumping over, and puke starts coming out of his mouth, and, like, an aide, like, puts a napkin under his face. And what he's happened just, to like, him? I think he just got a little hot. Wow. <laughs> just he grandpa. Hated, he hated broccoli, too. So if it's tied oh. to broccoli, I wouldn't be surprised. No. So I'm I was going to say more like, okay, you think it's just pass out. Puke can pass out. Puke can pass out. <laughs> I was going to say uh, it's, like, promise to do one thing, like, swear by it, and then do the opposite. No new taxes. No new taxes. It is vomiting in public, so we'll get that to Jeff. <laughs> yes! Yeah, there's actually video of it. Yes, there's like video of it. It's, it's hilarious. Um, which president had a pet ape named Tata? Maybe Tata. That's got to be a Roosevelt. It's a Roosevelt? That dude was just like a cowboy in office. He was a bull moose. Stop eating the dog food, Tata. <laughs> And it's yours. Stop eating the moose food. I'm, I'm guessing we have about three listeners now at this point, that <laughs> especially ones that are laughing at our Teddy Roosevelt bull moose <laughs> jokes. Yelling at his ape named Tata because he's eating dog food. <laughs> we lost about 60 people. Right, so you're going to go with Roosevelt? I'm going to go weird here. Okay. I'm going to go with Dwight Eisenhower. Dwight Eisenhower. This is going to blow both your minds. It was Barack Obama. What? When he lived in Indonesia. <laughs> Had a pet ape named Tata. Good for you, Barack. I wow. know. I didn't know he lived overseas. First I didn't of know all. that either. Man, huh. he is an international man of mystery. Yeah. Is what he is. Which president that, mind you, could write in Greek in one hand and Latin in the other? Yes, ambidextrous. And uh, was assassinated only a few months into their presidency by gunshot. Got it. I did a report on this in sixth Who grade. Garfield. 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 You both get a point. All right, last one. Which president was his high school's head cheerleader? Got it. I think I've heard this before, too, and I think it's recent. Um, Ronald Reagan. The one who fights the war in terror, George W. Bush. It was W. Dang it, you're right. As soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, that's it. It makes, like, knowing his personality, I could totally see him just being like, yeah, I'll be the head cheerleader. Yeah, I'll be a cheerleader. (laughs) (laughs) Mission accomplished. (laughs) I'll paint the pictures. All right, so uh, who who won that one? Oh, Jeff. No Jeff. I, Jeff stopped, I stopped counting at some point. <laughs> Jeff knows his presidential trivia. I got some points. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of weird things about our president. So, like, it's a little... It doesn't make me feel so bad about our current president. Like, mm. Well, now that you've tried to make us feel good about the president, we may as well go there. Mm. Oh. Okay, guys, I'm doing the present segment, mm-hmm. and before we start, I'm going to have to do a little magic of editing here in order to make this work, but we're, we're going to do this, okay? Okay. I want you both, I'm gonna, I've got a stopwatch in front of me. Ooh. I want you both to tell me when a minute has passed. Oh, I mark, like this. Get set, go.
now. Now, dang it. Can you both see my face? It, it, you look pretty astonished. You, you did a big... Whoa. You both... What? Hit one minute on the mark. Yeah, yeah, we did. We still got it. We still got it. Now, you're saying that, which is, is, is interesting because that's what this whole segment is about. That's amazing that we just yeah. did that. That is amazing. Do you know that the older you get, the longer you take to say that a minute has passed. In other words, time moves a little bit more mm. differently. Oh, okay. And it, it's tied to this phenomenon that I want to talk about. We've actually talked about this as friends before. In fact, I know John has talked about this quite a bit. Is I grumble about this. Go why ahead. does it feel like time speeds up the older you get? I know exactly and why. John's theory has always been, and somebody else has since publicly written an article about this theory that John came up with years ago. He did come up with this years ago, and that's why I'm bringing this up, because I, was, uh, I watched a National Geographic deal like a research on mm -hmm. this issue asking the question why does it feel like the older we get time goes by faster and they have um, pinpointed a few things but John give us your theory okay time seems to speed up the older you get because every um, moment every uh, duration of time however you want to like slice it is a smaller and smaller percentage of your life mm -hmm. so for example the example I always think of, and this is, I think, when I um, when I had the idea, when you're two years old, a, a one year one one year length of time is half of your life. It's a really long time. It yeah. feels like a really long time to you when you're two years old. One year is a, it's half your life. When you're thirty years old, one year is a thirtieth of your life. It's not as big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what if I told you that scientists have kind of like disproven like that's not the reason why? Ooh. I wouldn't be surprised, but that's, yeah. That's... It logically makes sense, but scientists say we're not that linear. Mm. We don't experience life in linear uh, terms. In fact, we it has more to do with how our brain processes information. Okay. And so I'm going to give you like all the reasons that they found that as you get older, time seems to go faster. So before we get into that, what yeah. I want to know is because you were astounded that we were able to hit one minute on the dot. Yes. Now, so are we of an age where we shouldn't be able to do that anymore no i think that you're kind of at the prime age where you should be able to do that but it's all downhill from here oh, you know what i'm actually very interested to see if we can hang on to it longer than average because i'm curious yeah i'm curious to know how you did it i have a song that i go to really yeah so there's a few different reasons as to why we experience time in sort of a flexing deal because time is it is a relative thing, but um, even as we experience time, a lot of it has to do with perception. Mm -hmm. It has to do with how sure. our brains are processing information. And scientists have proven that brain activity starts to slow as you age. So um, the, the, the reason why that's important is because there's not one part of your body that has an internal clock. It's not like they can find the part of your brain mm. that senses time. They actually believe that like there's multiple parts of your brain working at any given time to perceive time interesting huh. and um the older you get the reason why your the accuracy of perceiving time starts to dwindle is because of something called um your neuron conduction velocity huh. starts to get thrown off in other words all the various parts of your brain stop communicating right. as quickly it takes a little bit longer for information to process that's why when you get like you you know they say your brain kind of it doesn't work as well when you get older. You see, like, people, as they get older, their speech slows. Yes. They have a harder time even comprehending things You'll sometimes. ask them a question, and they have to think a little bit longer to answer it. Mm -hmm. They start, like, drawing on maps with Sharpies to show that Alabama's going to get hit by a hurricane. When <laughs> you know, they start doing weird stuff like that. Anyway. It's a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, actually, the older you get, it has a lot to do with because your brain is slowing down. And 
since time is relative to your experience, mm-hmm. everything else is moving faster, which makes time feel faster. Interesting. Which, I mean, you kind of hear, like, when people get older, they're like, oh, man, why are you going so crazy? Like, they think young people are just moving way too quick. And actually not. They're just, they're, uh, what was that word, they're, that phrase? Their neuron conduction velocity is more on point because yeah. they're young. So you guys are probably still at an age to where you haven't started going so far downhill that that's starting to What do you mean you guys? Yet. You're only a couple years older than us. I know, but I've just i feel like i've slowed down a little bit there's a reason why guys at 38 which is my age are considered like elderly people in sports because you just can't see the pitch coming out of the pitcher's hand the same way and you can't react to swinging so i'm at that age where you're processing mm-hmm. things a little bit more slowly okay, okay. Right? yeah so you're saying it's all downhill from here really fast let me continue danny <laughs> oh it's happened <laughs> The neuron conduction velocity or whatever. <laughs> what was that called again? Neuron conduction velocity. What are you using with this iPod phone thing? <laughs> yeah, I got to get my T9 going to tap my nose. Oh, my, fan, my fancy my dad uses phone. T9. My dad does currently use T9. uses T9. Okay, here's another reason why time gets wibbly and wobbly as you get older. Uh, the more we get, the more engrossed you are in something, just focus-wise, time seems to pass okay. more quickly. I'll give you an example. You're watching a boring movie. And it's like, when is this going to end? You're not focused on it because you can't stand it. It can't keep your focus. But you go to summer camp and like, bam, it's over. Mm -hmm. Because time flies when you're having Having fun, fun. right? So when you're younger, we have a little bit of a shorter attention span. So as a result, we don't fully engage in something for a long duration of time. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. What were you saying? Exactly. So you kind of, as as a kid, you're having to kind of leap from one lily pad to another of things to do. My kids do it. I got a five-year-old. Oh, yeah. Every 15 minutes, Dad, I'm bored. I yep. need something to do. It's like, are you kidding me right now? Just like pick something and do it for a minute. Yep. The older you get, we get really good at focusing on something and really using all of our mental capacity to get into that. And when that happens, time starts to move faster. Um, so whenever you're at work, um, a boring day takes forever to pass but when you're really locked into a project Mm -hmm. you run out of time Mm -hmm. it's like oh my gosh i need some more time right yeah and that just has to do with our focus makes our perception of time feel different so um as an adult we are more frequently engaged in things which means the world is kind of passing us by while we're locked into stuff Mm -hmm. so time just flies a little bit more quickly for us that makes sense um it also has to do with this one I find intriguing, how much brain energy we're using. They say that time passes most slowly for five and six year olds of any age. And the reason for this is because they're not so young that they're just, when you're too young, you have no way to contextualize the world. Right. You're kind of learning how to contextualize things. So, you know, if you see, um, you know, I, this happened with my kids when, um, when my kids go to the zoo and they see an animal they've never seen before, they're like, you can see them trying to make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. But a five or six year old, they're like, this is an animal, I'm at a zoo, and this is something I've never seen before. So they can contextualize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's still new. So they're still having to put the pieces together. So they say that um, like six year olds, especially, they're using at any given time, like almost 70% of their brain energy. 
In other words, there's not a lot of muscle memory going on. For us, we have taken, and mm -hmm. they've actually done brain scans on this. When you're doing something for the first time, the front part of your brain is on fire. Mm -hmm. So if you're cooking something for the first time, if you're learning an instrument for the first time, there's a part of your brain that's just lit up. As you do that over and over again, that actually starts, your brain actually starts to carve avenues, like almost physiologically to another part of your brain, which is where muscle memory is, so that you don't have to think about it anymore. Right. So you can just do it exactly. on the fly. So right now I'm learning like, jazz piano and that requires like independence in both hands and when i'm starting a song i'm literally taking it so slow it's like one note at a time fast forward two weeks my brain has actually moved a lot of that information to another part so i'm not even thinking about right. it anymore my fingers are just moving yeah when you're six years old that muscle memory is not there yet it's available but everything is being perceived in a contextualized environment so you can understand things but you're still putting the pieces together hmm. So, all so since so since they have to constantly be working, time seems super slow. Exactly, their brain is just constantly exerting energy. Even right now, as you as we're sitting here doing this podcast, we've done it like twenty something times. This is kind of a routine. Yeah. So a lot of it's kind of auto autopilot. Right. Six year olds are never on autopilot. Yeah. They're always exerting brain power to make stuff happen or to understand things. Yeah, it makes sense. That's why I always have to give my son context for how long something is because he doesn't really like i can be like it's gonna be an hour and he's like i don't know what that is but it's gonna be like watching three episodes of this or whatever and he's like okay cool. so ways that we as adults can actually slow time down is to do things that engage or require more mental energy hmm. that actually helps like um so they say if you if you try to learn something you've never tried to learn before um if you meet people you've never met if you go into environments you're not used to going into mm -hmm. time slows down i remember my first week at college i'd moved away from home for the first time i was meeting tons of new people um that first week of college felt like two months to me yeah it was like i couldn't believe how much life had happened in such a short amount of time my brain energy was completely maxed out mm -hmm. i'm taking placement tests i'm registering for classes i'm meeting new people i'm like moving into a dorm mm -hmm. my parents are gone so like i remember that week feeling like a year long yeah and that has to do with brain usage that's really interesting because i've had an, a similar I've, I've noticed a similar experience and i've never been able to connect it to anything it's when i go on vacation mm -hmm. when i first arrive at a place that i'm on vacation i don't know where i'm at i don't know where to go like where's the grocery store like if i'm in a condo where's the grocery store where does, where's the laundry what do i do and like those first couple days seem like i've got so much time to do something and then by the end of that week it's, it feels like the end of it just by. went by so fast same thing with a new job i remember like first few months at that 19 this is 11 years ago but i remember being like this every single day takes forever like how you know it just feels like you have so much time to fill and now i feel like i can walk in and walk out and it's like did, what just what just happened that mm -hmm. was so fast not every day but you know yeah. in general it feels like it's gone faster sure now there are other ways that we can slow time down but they're not good because scientists have proven that um fear makes time slow down mm. so um i had an incident that happened probably about five years ago where a gentleman tried to access my car in a parking lot mm. and he was while you were in it while i was in it and when he got in the car he basically said like drive me somewhere what and hey and he just sat down in the passenger seat he opened well what happened was i saw him wandering around in a parking lot and he looked like he was in distress so i got out i just stepped out of my car and said are you okay and he walked over to my car. I thought I knew the guy. I thought I mm -hmm. recognized him. He walked over to my car, 
and um, I could tell that he wasn't in a good state of mind. So I was like, are you good or do you need help or anything? And so I closed the door whenever he started walking toward me and I thought my doors were locked, but they weren't. So he opened the door, I tried to drive away, he got in and he basically started cussing at me, telling me to drive him somewhere. Now, thankfully he didn't close the door all the way and I drove a stick shift at the time. So I let off of the clutch in first gear and turned the wheel and he rolled out of the car. I <laughs> threw him out moly. of the car. And so what happened was this guy began to charge at my car. He blocked me into this parking lot and I could not get out of the parking lot without running him over. Right. So I'm on the phone with 911. Like this guy is kicking my car. He just got in my car. He's cursing at me. He's threatening me. And he kept charging my car. And we're playing chicken in this parking lot where he's like running at me and I'm like running to dodge him. And I was telling the person on 911, I'm going to run him over. Do I have permission to run him over if I feel like I'm at risk and they said no that's called vehicular man like you cannot attack this is crazy i have never heard this story it's you, scared like, you're me. like i gotta get out of here it's terrifying it took 17 minutes for the police what? to get there and that's by a, the time they got there no, did, did it feel like 17 minutes or it felt like two hours it actually so okay so you're not saying it felt no, like 17 it took minutes. 17 minutes and i I can't tell you how long that, I mean, it felt like a week I was in that car because he kept charging me and I kept having to like dodge him. At one point I'm like backing into things, like messing up my car. That's crazy. So what, what is it about fear that does that? And, and is that the same thing that causes when you're in like an intense moment, they say things go in slow motion? It's them. like your brain was moving so fast, operating so quickly because you had so much adrenaline exactly. and whatever else in that moment of fear. That it seems like everything is going super slow sure. because you're just going hyperspeed. Yeah, whenever you're waiting, when you're in distress and you're waiting for someone or to help you or for something to happen, people will tell you time and time again that it feels like, you know, it was only it was only 30 seconds, but it felt like 10 mm -hmm. minutes type of thing. Oh, yeah. It happened when John and I were almost in a car accident once and oh, yeah. a car was flipping at us on the interstate. It was like, real life bullet time. Us. It, was, it felt like real life bullet time. Like I remember like looking at this car and looking at John and like having to make split second decisions to figure out what to do and the amount of things that went through the amount of thoughts that went through my head were way too many things to fit in that short period of time mm -hmm. like I remember just processing like I could do this or I could do this or I could go there or I could do this like how am I going to get out of this and then we got out of it and I was like that was good mm -hmm. yeah thank you video games yeah <laughs> Um, another thing that can make time slow down is um, we've already talked about this a, a little bit but boredom when you're bored you're your brain's not really engaged. The clock just crawls. Mm -hmm. crawls. Right. Um, and lastly, pain. Hmm. Pain will slow time down. Like physical pain? Physical not pain. Emotional? If you're in pain, well, I think it could apply to emotional pain as well. But when you're in, like, if people that struggle with chronic pain, mm -hmm. um, time moves at a crawl sure. because you're so fixated on When is this pain going to be over? I remember I had strep throat after I had an, an appendectomy. When they intubated me, they scraped up my throat. I had strep throat for a week. It was the longest week. I'm recovering from an appendectomy and strep throat. And that was the longest week of my life. Mm -hmm. just like every minute just seemed to crawl by. Yeah, I remember that when I had kidney surgery, it was the same thing. It was just like, oh my Lord, when is this going to stop? So the question is in the present, mm -hmm. how do we, uh, should we try to slow time down or shouldn't we? And uh, what, what do we do with this? I mean, it's, it's unavoidable. There's all these different things that I just point out that science is saying is going to affect how we experience time. And we always complain about it. Man, time is moving too fast. How do we slow things down? What are you guys thought on that? Do you try to slow time down? Do you think it should be slower? How do you, how do you re reconcile this? It's a good question. And I think, like, I haven't really thought about it, but I'm sure, like, just 
thinking about the advances in technology and medicine, like I'm sure that will be a thing, say a mm-hmm. hundred years from now, where you could take a pill and it'll make time seem different, like whether it's faster yeah. or slower. Um, once they've kind of unlocked how all this works that you're talking about exactly like in the brain and with mm-hmm. the um, endorphins or whatever else it is, I'm sure you could be able to take some medicine and change how you experience time. I mean, sure. you kind of do that already with some, you know, uh, like just getting high on certain things. Like mm-hmm. it already changes your experience. Of sure. Time. Yeah. Um, yeah. They say people who smoke like, like, um, like really potent mm-hmm. marijuana, like that's one of the things that they experiences like some like disruption in how they experience time mm-hmm. whether or not i think it's right to you know mess with time then our perception of time i don't know that's a really good question i've always thought that me uh, being a person with add like i've always felt like i had that advantage that some people don't have is that i that my perception of some things does feel that way but i would think like i would be all for it honestly like in the right circumstance like if i could like if i think about the moment when i was in almost in a car accident and time slowed down and i could process a lot of thoughts in a short period of time if i could take that same concept and apply it to uh my daughter's recital or graduation and i could really take the time to focus on on all the different aspects of it to like really experience more of that moment and put more of it into my own memory savor it yeah to really savor moments a lot more to really be able to look at everything like hey i i want to like you you do that sometimes like your wedding day think about that you want to they tell you take all of it in like look at it all and and try to remember like lock it into your memory as best you can like if you could slow down time a bit and really focus on multiple things in a shorter period of time i think that'd be amazing I, I see it from a different perspective. To me, um, I don't think that I'm not looking for a remedy. I'm not looking for a pill or something to like ingest to like manipulate how I experience things. To me, it's less about the the issue is about how I'm approaching the moment. That's the issue. And um, for me, I would rather be a little bit more decisive about making the most of moments. And being more engaged and not wasting time on things that don't matter and things of that nature, then rely on some sort of like chemical mm-hmm. or something like that to get me there. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's it's about. I think it's in us. I think it's in everybody to to be more in the moment. Um, and I think it's healthy to be there. We just we get so wrapped up in life. That's why time moves fast because mm-hmm. we're so like we're on our phones. We're that's one of the things that they talk about in the studies. Like we're so whipped up in our routines all the time. It's because we're so kind of fixated on what we're doing mm-hmm. that the rest of the world is passing us by. And that's why they say like new experiences and stuff like that is healthy for you because it breaks you out of your routine. Right. So I'm a little bit more inclined to say, yeah, I just think it's more about like being more intentional about how you're living your life, about making the most of moments, about being more relationally engaged and available with the people around you that you love. Because at the end of the day, I know this is pretty macabre, but we're all going to die anyway. So like to me, it's about intentionally like making that choice to live as opposed to like relying on some sort of scientific breakthrough that will put me there sure well, that's I, just how i look i'm i'm, I'm excited you, you you've excited me it's like I, I need to unlock a different part of my body at this point now yeah <laughs> i'm like i'm i'm gonna be i'm gonna be into that all right because i loved i mean like i don't i didn't love it there was a car flipping at me when i almost died <laughs> but i i loved the ability like that i actually experienced the thing that you hear people talk about i so. mean anything that reminds us i think to not go with the flow in life 
but yeah. to be more intentional, I think is always a healthy, sobering reminder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I found that this study was. And I thought I'd bring it to our attention just because it's something we've talked about before and uh, we all have kids and they're growing up too quick and yeah. like it's a stop and smell the roses type of moment. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You guys want to get a little bit darker? Yeah, it sounds like we're going to the future. Oh, no. Let's take a rocket to the future. Oh, no. It's a little teaser. We're talking about the future. This is the future, and we've set the lighting accordingly. It's it's red in here. I changed the light to be red, and you guys will know why in a second. We're talking about our old friend Elon, the rapper Ellen. <laughs> uh, wrong, b- both wrong, both wrong. <laughs> we can't. What good is a good? What good is a conversation about the future without our old friend Mr. Musk? He's got to be doing some Bond villainy thing, doesn't Absolutely. he? He's petting his cat right now. He's definitely a supervillain. Yes, he's a he's a billionaire. <laughs> he's totally a supervillain, and he's working on rockets and all sorts of stuff. That's totally that's totally uh, yeah, mad scientist at the very least. So. If I, you know, most people think of uh, weapons, like especially big weapons, um, as, as kind of a bad thing, right? Like, like let's say, like, nuclear weapons. Yeah, <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> yeah, you want to have them to protect yourself, but you don't really like them. It's just sort of this necessary thing we have now in the world. Well, because they exist. They be- like, yeah. 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 Because they exist, you need to have them. Yeah. Well, what if I were to tell you there's potentially a good use of nukes? Hmm. So, like, you're talking about the things that split atoms and whatnot and send tons of deadly radiation into the atmosphere yep. and can incinerate people within a fraction of a second. The, the very same. Death, destruction, of death, incineration. Destruction. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, you know how Elon Musk is all about going to Mars? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's like, do you know that? Yeah. Okay. So, I'll, maybe I'll explain to the Well, that's listener. part of the motivation with SpaceX, isn't it? No, it's, it's, it's his whole, it's like his life motivation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tesla, that's the reason he's tunneling. Yeah, the batteries. It's all about all Mars. of the companies that he's like invested in and owns. Like they're all sort of like trying to research and work towards his ultimate purpose, which is making humans a multi-planetary species. Okay. Yeah. So the thing with Mars is that it's totally uninhabitable at this point. Yeah. Nothing. We don't know of anything that's living there currently. Yeah. First of all, but uh, we don't think that anything could live on Mars because right. the atmosphere, like I said, the atmosphere is terrible. It's super cold because it's just a little further away uh, from the sun. And we've we've all seen Total Recall. Yeah. You've se- if you've seen Total Recall, you know. What was the Matt Damon movie? Movie. The Martian? The Martian. I've never seen that. Oh, that's a good really? one. Really? It's pretty yeah, good. It's a yeah. good one. You should watch it. Well, it wouldn't take much, <laughs> is relatively speaking, to make Mars inhabitable. It's called terraforming, right. uh, making any other kind of planet into a more Earth-like place to live. Well, when you say it wouldn't take much, you're talking about comparatively to the billions of years it took for Earth to get yeah. how it is now. Or like, you know, to make Jupiter inhabitable would be like... I don't even know. That'd be impossible, yeah, basically. Can't. Yeah, it's just all gases and stuff. Right. But it's possible, theoretically, to make Mars livable. Like not not like walking around in a spacesuit or biodomes or whatever, but like walking around like just we do here Mars, on Earth. Yeah. It's called terraforming. So Maskless. You have, to, you have to change the whole planet, mm-hmm. the whole ecosystem. Um, Which to make by, an ecosystem. Yeah. So so here's where the nukes come in. <clears throat> Mr. Musk is a proponent of of this idea of nuking the poles of Mars. So both poles, North and South Pole of Mars, 
are glaciers. There's covered in glaciers, just like you know on Earth. Like a HGO. Like water. Yeah. Water. It's yeah. water. Water, yeah. ice. Yep. And so, if you would nuke it, you could release. You take a lot of nukes, by the way. I don't even know how many or whatever, how it would work. There's plenty. You don't worry about that. We got a lot of nukes. So we just send them all over there, blow up the glaciers. They would vaporize the water and turn it into like a lot of, we, we would basically create a lot of greenhouse gases. So, which are normally not a good thing, but if we created more, because Mars's atmosphere is actually very thin. So if we created more greenhouse gases, we could make the atmosphere thicken thicker. the atmosphere. You know, I'm very, very um, scientific. Scientific. About yeah. This, yeah. He, basically, we want to warm the place up because it's super cold. So if we melt the water, release the CO2 into the atmosphere, and then it would warm up the whole planet. This is going to take a very long time, but that's the idea. We it warm doable. it up, terraforms it. Eventually, people can live there. Interesting. So um, I've got a couple questions. Uh-huh. First of all, <laughs> why have I heard the the term terraforming before? Why is that it's, familiar it's, to me? It's I mean it's it's not a new idea. Terraforming. Yeah. It's like you'll hear about it in science fiction a lot. Maybe that's why. It's probably like um, they probably talk about it a lot in Doctor Who or something. But yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's just the basic concept of taking another planet and making it habitable. Yeah, I mean I think there's y- there's been other ways they've talked about doing it on Mars too. Oh, for like sure. Actually, Star-trekking. like planting. Like going there and, and making the soil rich enough to where they could actually plant plants in it and then letting the plants naturally terraform the planet. But I mean, I, I've always been under the impression that um, nuclear weapons are like toxic. Yeah. So aren't you just making highly radioactive water? Like radiation kills things mm-hmm. and now you're right. basically making water radioactive. Yeah. I don't know exactly all of the... Um like the argument on both sides uh-huh. for like how this is even possible. Cause that's my first thought too, is like, well, yeah, yeah we're just going to just make the whole place radioactive and then <laughs> you can't live on it. But maybe I think it's like, if it's controlled in certain places, there's just so much about this is theoretical. It's like, what if we do it? And it's like, guys, we just destroyed Mars. Exactly. It didn't work. That's one of the we biggest split it in half. Yeah. yeah it's basically, um, the biggest objection against it is that like we don't hardly know anything about Mars, so why would we even begin to just like nuke it and yeah. potentially de- to get destroy the the ecosystem? Or you'll awaken the gigantic rock octopus that lives yes. around, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. the rock octopus. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good idea. I think the idea, yeah. and because I, I, was, I was hearing about this too, is to they would set the nukes off in space near the poles. So that the radiation doesn't get to the planet, but it does something to cause it to heat up yeah. and melt those ice caps. Oh, okay. All I they want to do is melt the ice caps. That so, would yeah. make more sense. Right. Interesting. Yeah, they basically think that all of the uh, like the CO2 and everything that's necessary um, is just trapped in those glaciers. I don't think we should do it. I just thought about it, yeah. and I don't think we should do it. <laughs> I mean, I you just t- saw, I made my decision. <laughs> Tweet at Elon. I'm, I'm sure he's, he's taking um, you know opinions. But yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. The dude, I mean, he's got enough money to do it. You know, like he doesn't have nukes, but he could convince people to nuke Mars. I I'm like- going to nuke Mars unless you give me $1 billion, <laughs> Mr. President. <laughs> no, he doesn't need money. Yeah, it's... Um, so it's- was this his idea, or is this like... Uh, something that's been kind of floating out there by scientists and he's agreeing with them or is this like so like four or five years ago he was on Stephen Colbert and you can find this clip and this is I don't so I, I in answer your question I don't know if it was his idea I don't, I don't think, think it, it was. was his idea but he is you know whatever he like talks about is very popular like it becomes a, a hot topic so yeah. um, he just recently tweeted nuke Mars we're doing it and like so everybody's talking about it again yeah. but like four or five years ago he was on Stephen Colbert and 
he basically said, you know, the short answer to how are we going to live on Mars is we could nuke it. And um, he hasn't really said much since then until recently. He's just like, we're doing it. We're going to nuke Mars. So here's the thing is I'm all for it if it works. But here's the problem is, is the idea behind terraforming Mars is we're our resources here are finite. We're going to have to expand at some point. Mm hmm. Or possibly even leave. Like, we might not be able to stay here at some point. And if Mars is our closest and, and next best option that we've got, we can't afford to mess that up, too. Right. I really don't think it's going to happen. Like, that's, it's just kind of one of his crazy ideas. He has crazy ideas all yeah. the time. And he's just, like, very public about them. He's, he's great at, like, causing conversations that are, like, about these ridiculous things that are so far off and hypothetical. So do, what is his, do you guys know, like, what is his education? What is his background? Because I was, I was really disappointed to find out a couple months ago that Bill Nye is, like, he only has an undergrad degree. He's mm -hmm. not even really a scientist. And he's just, like, a pretty well, face. Well, I don't think that's fair. Like, I mean, to, you, don't, you don't have to have a graduate degree to be a scientist. You just have to use the scientific method and, and have a thirst for knowledge. I, I don't know that much about Elon Musk, but I think it's kind of like a Steve Jobs situation. Like Steve Jobs was never the computer guy; he was just the right. visionary behind it, and then he was good at gathering the resources to make it happen. And I think that's kind of what Elon Musk's thing is. I actually don't know either. I don't know. He's <laughs> an entrepreneur. Oh yeah, no, guys, we've talked about this before. I just realized this. PayPal. 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 Yeah, PayPal's what he got. His, that's how he got rich. He's an entrepreneur, investor, and engineer. Okay, he is an engineer. He's from South Africa, but he has U.S. citizenship. He's a founder, CEO of SpaceX, um, Tesla, obviously, co-founder of Neuralink, and The Boring Company, which I think is part of mm -hmm. his... The Boring Company is the tunneling thing, yeah. Right. Um, which is an awesome I'm not seeing what... Yeah, alma mater, Queens University. So he's got a Bachelor's of Science from Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania, and a BA from... Uh, University of Pennsylvania. So I guess he doesn't have any graduate So well, here's so here's the thing. So uh, that, that's what I'm going to fight you on your you need a graduate degree to be a scientist is most uh, like so many of your like professional engineers they just have a bachelor's in science in engineering and I would consider all of them men and women of science. Yeah. They use the scientific method and they use principles behind engineering to just to do what they're doing. And, yeah. and Bill Nye was an engineer. That was his thing. Yeah. I just so often associate scientists with academia that I picture they're all like Stephen Hawking's. They've got like 15 PhDs if they're legitimate. The thing, the thing, science is the method of learning more than like the specific thing. Now we all often think about those PhDs and the people who are going into the very advanced things is because that's what those are for. But like, it's really about, it's an, it's an approach more than anything. Yeah. Well, he's, his net worth is $19.5 billion. So he's doing something right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What if he was a Martian the whole time and he just wants to go home? That's plausible. To be continued. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a, it's been a good podcast. Yeah. Cut a, covered a lot of ground. Here's a question I have for the future. When do you guys think we'll do another podcast? Mm. <laughs> Depends on what we got going on next week. I guess so. We got a lot of um, a lot of things, a lot of plates we're spinning. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're spinning plates. You're spinning a lot of plates. So we're, we're unsure of the exact timeline of what's going to be going on in the future, but uh, depending on what goes on next week, maybe we'll record another podcast, but we will record another podcast sooner. Hopefully sooner than we had the last time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And here's my challenge to you two friends of mine. Mm, I love challenges. I think with all that's going on, that we need to make the most of the moments. Yeah. Yep. And keep them plates spinning. Yeah. And savor each 
rotation of Mars. Of Mars. Oh, of the plates. Yeah. No, the plates that we're working on. Mm-hmm. The plates that we're working on. It sounded deep, guys. I don't think it was, but it sounded deep. Yeah, it sounded really deep. That's all that matters. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, well, uh, this has been the Random Onion Podcast. I'm John Stom. I'm Danny Gula. I'm Jeff McCullough. See you next whenever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>